I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. So we were first here in 2018. We visited 30 breweries through the Pacific Northwest, and at the end we compared notes and we had a unanimous decision. Our favorite brewery we visited, Black Raven, up here in the Seattle area. Um, our favorite beer for the trip, Kitty Cat Blues from Black Raven. Number two, Coco Jones. So out of 30 breweries, uh, our top brewery and top two beers were right here at Black Raven. And I'm back and I'm meeting with Gavin. Thank you for having me in. Thank you, yeah. Glad to have you. So Gavin, what's your role here at Black Raven? Um, I am the retail general manager, um, social media manager. Um, I basically manage both of our tap rooms and all in-house retail operations. And you've been here over a decade and you've probably done every job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, probably, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bartending, a lot of beer tending, as we call it. Um, a bit of, you know, helping out with production. Not, not a ton, mm -hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, yeah, I've gone out on a sales, sales ride or two, but I'm not, I'm not very sales-minded. There's much better personalities for that sort of thing. Well, on our very first visit at the Redmond location, we're now at this beautiful Woodenville uh, location that's massive, family-friendly, dog-friendly. was here over the weekend with the dogs. Yeah. Um, what a great facility. Um, we, got, we ordered up a flight on our very first visit. And the beer tender, his name was Jason, I remember that, said, you got to try the Kitty Cat Blues. And oh, in 2018? Yes. Is the yeah. And he says, you got to try this. I'm like, well, that says it has blueberry, uh, blueberry pale ale. I'm not going to try that thing, but thank you yeah, for offering. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to pour you one anyway, and you're going to come back and order a pint. And sure enough, it, it, not only was it delicious beer, we took two cases home, and, we <laughs> and it became our number one beer. So... Um, that, that just stood out in my mind as, as great service. Like that's, I'm talking to this, per, the beer tender's talking to me and he's listening to what I like and he says, then you're trying this. Yeah, 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 that, um, that was Jason, also known as J-Bo. He was a staple here for years, about six years. He's uh, moved down to, back home to Nashville um, since, but sometimes he pops in. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> We've had uh, like an awesome, uh, front of house team for so many years that uh had a, a like unheard of lack of turnover for mm -hmm. years we were very lucky in that way it's leveled off to a little bit more normal now but yeah. we had yeah he was i worked with him for years and um he was always really good at that and i try and make my team engage with them more kitty cat blues in particular i loved always surprising people with that because they think one thing when they you know, hear fruit and pale ale you know um but it surprises people it, it's delicious and i had the same service here to, to bring it back to, to this weekend when i was here other tenders were, were thoughtful took some time to explain because i can learn nerd out a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> and they took their time walked me through a couple beers and that that was fantastic so great job with your people running the the, the front line there do it on a weekend too it gets pretty and busy it, yeah. in here too uh, it, it can 
uh, slip a little bit, but they do. But it's a good, good team with well, good personalities. Well, let's not get, go too long without a beer. What, what do we have in front of us here? Take, well, take I, a beer. Because <laughs> um, you had already mentioned to me the Kitty Cat Blues. Um, so that one to start with. Um, I mean, just a little background on that beer that's uh, been around uh, as long as I've been with the company. It first started out as a seasonal, mm-hmm. like when they were at smaller production capacities. And it was um, made to sort of honor one of our owners, with two owners, and her name is Cat. And um, so it was Kitty Cat with a K mm-hmm. Blues. Um, it had originally had cat in it. I was gonna, I, I, that was going to be my next question. Did it really? Was it really an, uh, uh, initially made with cat? Nip? Yeah, for a long time. Um, basically, until production uh, dictated us and being able to can it and bottle it and, and more out into the markets. Um, and yeah, catnip essentially is uh, it's an ingredient in some teas. Mm-hmm. It has. Oh, is that right? Yeah, unless you're part feline, you know, it's going to calm you rather than it's more of a use for calming like an herbal tea thing. But uh, uh, basically when we started canning it and, pr- and distributing it more, there was some sort of issue with the FDA. <laughs> not See, it was, it's not that it's a dangerous thing or because it wasn't human-consumed things like teas and that sort of thing, but I, it was like they didn't have it... A, FDA number for beer or something like that. I can't remember the details, but they, I just remember they had to shift and hibiscus is what they landed on. Um, apparently pretty close in aroma, I guess, or the closest. I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, it, it, whatever they did with it, it works. So yeah, I yeah. promised the team I'd bring some home. So I will I've got cans ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a good one. Yeah, and we we would get a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't, that's a it's a girls' drink, you know, a little less and light. Now I'd be like, well, we don't assign you know <laughs> genders <laughs> to our beers um, necessarily, but um, it's also going to surprise you. The uh, I found one after that trip, probably about a, I think it was during the pandemic, of cleaning, cleaning out the beer fridge, and there was one can that turned sideways in the back. So it was over a year, probably two years old oh wow and i thought well this is this isn't gonna it, it was still great it was it was okay. i don't know if something about where it landed in the fridge and how cold it was yeah I, I don't maybe know maybe the side probably not though but they're way better at the canning technology yeah. now it's way better than bottles. i opened it for old time's sake and thought mm, i don't oh. know but it was still quite good so yeah <laughs> yeah i just find you know Hoppier beers tend to get that yeah, that stale. doesn't usually yeah, yeah doesn't right. usually work. But yeah. something happened. It was petrified in the back there. That's good. <laughs> and what's what's this next one we got here? All right, so the next one here is one of our new series um, that we started this year. Series being like every quarter we release a new beer from it, and it's our alternate dimension series. It's uh, a fruited sour beer. Um, this one is. The watermelon mint. Watermelon mint. Yeah. And that, yeah, that one's fantastic. Oh, you can get both of those on the nose, can't you? Yep, yep. I, I noticed I had a watermelon mint at another local brewery, Georgetown. So oh, really? is that a thing? And, and is, I guess. I, we I don't have know. that in San Diego. Well, so we had first, uh, uh, this one we actually, before we had the series, because that series launched this year, that was a test batch or a test for that series that we released last year, and it was just called the Watermelon Mint Sour. And we knew we were gonna bring that one up, and then we 
uh, formulated three other beers in that series. And watermelon especially, is like you get it on the nose, but there's very little sweetness left over. Cause no, it's, it's uh, not sweet at all. And mildly tart. Yeah, yeah. And those bacteria really eat up a lot of the sugars, and watermelon in particular is a very fermentable sugar fruits. Oh, that's really good. It's kind of, I would say, it's kind of like a Jolly Rancher and a Warhead mixed. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good way to, but with no sweetness or, or very yeah, little sweetness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, yeah. The watermelon and the mint on the nose, but the, the back end, you really get that mint mm-hmm. that softens it out at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that also kind of drinks like a, a like, um, like a mint iced tea, almost. Yeah. yeah. As far as texture and, and uh, I've been a fan of sours quite a bit just from being in this industry so long there because they attenuate, they ferment out so much. They're a little just lighter bodied naturally. And um, I mean, as long as you, you might need to pop a Tums, but otherwise they're a little <laughs> less heavy on, on you. So we have an upcoming episode, or who knows when this is going in. Maybe I'll go in this episode. We have our shark beer week. Oh, cool. And so we're always on the hunt for shark beers. Yeah. And I'm just missing a release here, but maybe yeah. I'll catch it on my way south as I head back through San Luis Obispo. You've got a shark beer coming out. Yeah, yeah. We have, uh, it's called Shark Ripper. It's a collaboration with Firestone Walker. Uh, and we have a new rotating collaboration series too. It wasn't even planned to uh, be around Shark Week. I think it was uh, our our special projects brewer like had thrown out the name idea and was thinking about like the surfboard, like surf and skateboard culture of like that's where the artwork direction was going mm-hmm. i think they kind of nailed it I'm, we're already selling the tank top but unfortunately the <laughs> the beer is delayed delayed about a week um but i haven't even tried that one yet but i know it's you know it's going to be a citrus forward ipa that's about all i know um, i will be looking yeah. for it as i head head south here uh this week so um collaborations it looks like you've got a number of different collaborations going on yes yeah so that's uh something that we've been working on this year. Uh, we have a new uh, VP of sales as of about a year and a half ago, so not that new, but newer. Um, and he's kind of been spearheading that amongst other things. And he came from Firestone Walker, so that was a great like experience for to, to add to the team and also has a lot of awesome connections. So we started this year with Boneyard with the Cemetery Souls. That was our first collaboration. Um, also very popular artwork on that one. And we sold a t-shirt for that for a while. Then the next one was Goldfish Tears. I couldn't really tell you where that name <laughs> came from. But it still, you know, looked looked and tasted great. That one was more of like a the cold IPA style trend. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want to directly call it that. But it was... The, clo- the easiest way to describe it would be that light, cold IPA, almost like an IPL. And then we did, we did we'll still do um, more special projects, smaller scale collaborations. We have a, we brew a beer for Flatstick Pub, which there's, have you had a chance to go there? No, not yet, no. So it's a great uh, smaller chain in Washington State. I think they might have a Portland one, but I I think it's primarily Washington right now, where it's like a putt-putt course in the pub. 
so they wanted a, a, a like a house beer for their players club, which might be their mug club or something. So it's called Players Club Pilsner. Um, another collaboration we just I did. Had, well, that's on tap here, right? Yes. Yeah, I had yes. that. Yeah, I had really it here. Good. Yeah, we um we like, do I, have I've them had, here I too, remember they, checking that in. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> they um they uh, have it at all their tap rooms too, but not exclusively like we have it. I don't know if it goes out into the market other than those two, but mm -hmm. yeah, that one that one's very good. So you've been Gavin, you've been here over a decade. Mm -hmm. um, we recognized on our very first trip that Black Raven's a special place. It was full of, of locals. And we had asked our friend, uh, Shower, Shower Beard Paul, take us somewhere that locals know about. Mm -hmm. we, we can go to the big name stuff on our on our own. Um, take us somewhere we might not have found if we weren't had an expert with us. So he took us out there and it was filled with, you know, it, you could tell it was a community center. Mm -hmm. that the people, it was a hangout for people in the community. So you've been here. Um, so you have an insider's view, also a community view. What, what's special about Black Raven Brewing? Oh, there's a lot special about it. I mean, I've, when I was first looking to come into this industry um, in 2012, I was 25 maybe, I was, I was a youngin, but I had always heard the name and that was kind of the beginning of this newer craft beer boom movement. And Black Raven was always the beer that I would hear about, but I could never get because <laughs> the production just couldn't dictate it, making it over from the east side where we are, Redmond, Woodenville, over to Seattle. And I was primarily in Seattle and working in other bars briefly, I would just hear, oh, oh, we're actually going to get the trickster, you know, because <laughs> it was our sales guy, our one sales guy at the time who's still with us, Nigel. He's one of the only guys that's been with the company longer than me. Um, he was basically just a no man half the time. Like he, he'd get on a list to have us on tap. So I was like, oh, there must be something special. But I was rather adverse to line. So when I was at a brewer festival, I wasn't waiting in the line to try it. <laughs> right. Finally got to go by the tap room. And it was... One thing that noticed me that I noticed right away is our original branding, Black Raven's original branding, was just eye-catching, and I think that that got ignored a lot in the early days of the craft craft beer movement. At least up here, I don't know about San yeah. Diego is a little better. No but swag matters. Yeah, yeah. It's like well, and it was just like hire a graphic designer, just some old guy making a. But yeah, and so that drew me in, and then I tried the beers. I had a flight. And back then we had like six standards and maybe a couple other beers on and the beer tenders would be able to come and go over each beer with you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's crazy. And they had a good variety, solid, just every beer was solid. So when I first started working here, I'm like, oh, I don't have to lie about any of these beers because <laughs> I was already kind of a beer snob and they just didn't. They didn't put out anything that they're not proud of. I should, I'm going back between they and we because I'm thinking about right, before right. I worked here. But, um, and the, the staff was great. Um, my, my boss for years and um, co-worker, uh, her name was Karen. She's kind of a legend around here. She uh, hired me and immediately I knew that she'd be somebody fantastic to work for. I met mm -hmm. the owners. They were there was no big money behind it. These were just two uh, passionate owners that started this business. Um, so that 
was a big part for me too. Um, yeah. We were impressed with the, uh, you know, kind of true to style, really well-made beers, but then the creativity. Uh -huh. And we didn't find a lot of breweries that we found ones that were doing really crazy stuff. It was hard to find stuff that were like doing in our first visit through here. Yeah. Um, you could find a few that were real true to style, but then to find the combo in one place oh, and, yeah. and for it to be excellent across the board. Sometimes they had it, but it wasn't excellent across the board. I think that really, as, as beer nerds brought us in as, yeah. yeah, this is, they're doing something special. They're doing something right here. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've kept that too. Um, you know, the industry's evolved, styles have evolved. They're kind of like music genres at this point. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> the style guidelines i don't even know anymore we mm -hmm. entered um into uh the last of our alternate dimensions into a competition for fruit what was that one it was no it was watermelon mint yeah and um because of the mint even though watermelon's very present it had to go into spiced beers rather than oh. <laughs> sours which was unfortunate obviously we're not going to win that when they're expecting spice right beers, yeah they want to they want something that looks like it came out of 1820 off a ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have one more beer to discuss. Oh, yeah. What did okay. you bring me here? So this one is the other of our new series um, called the Seasonal IPA Series. And that one's going to change every quarter like, like the others. And um, not much is going to change visually. The, the can and the name are just remaining seasonal IPA. Mm -hmm. On the menu, I might put Q3 or Q2 just, or for us to figure it out. But it's, I guess the, the closest analogy would be that enjoy by series with Stone. Yes. I said where it's each IPA is just gonna highlight different hops and recipes that our brew team are excited about. Yeah, so this uh, particular one has Centennial HBC 342 and Triumph Hops. I'm not sure. HBC is a hop breeding company there out of Oregon. That's mm -hmm. when they're breeding different hops and bringing them about. But I've heard that one referred to as 342 for so many years that I don't know if they're ever going to actually name it. It's going to be HBC. <laughs> that, that is the name. But that, yeah, this one has been my favorite of the seasonal so far. It's just um, really easy drinking, really crisp. Mm -hmm. I always forget that it's even a bit hazy. Really yeah, it kind of draws that, that line between a, you know, a, a sessionable IPA and a hazy, yeah. the, like somewhere in the, in the middle. Yeah. Because um, I'm not a giant fan of the hazies when they're big juice bombs. No. But this one is kind of pulling back to, yeah. to an IPA with just enough of that juiciness in it. Yeah. But it's, yeah, we've, it, we've all... it's a very mild finish, so. It is, yeah. I found with this Which one, I enjoy. I yeah, prefer. We don't have any of, we've never done any of those big bomb hazies. Um, I think we shy away from going too hard on the trends of the time because they kind of just <laughs> float in and out. But you got to, you know, right. have a hazy. Our Samish haze is a, a standard that's done very well. And I was very reticent when I heard that we were doing that because I don't like those big hazies either, mm. um, especially if they add lactose to like make it bodied up i don't and, but samish was just the best one i had tasted um and now we have the mecca raven which is in that big 19.2 can um and that's a big double hazy and somehow i even like that one maybe i'm a little biased but it would normally <laughs> not be my 
style for sure. It's hard to, if you got Trickster on tap to go with a, another direction. Oh Trickster yeah, idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Squawker is uh, the, the newest, and it's not even that new, it's probably like seven, eight years old. And it was like our first uh, little jab at the West Coast style. And with the community, and Black Raven and our amount of regulars, that became uh, like number two to Trickster in popularity. Didn't do great in the market for whatever reason, so it's remained this taproom exclusive, um, warranting us to you know make a big batch of it enough just for the tap rooms in uh, Can and Keg. But uh, yeah. Well, you have this this beautiful new facility, the Redmond facility, still yes, still there, smaller one, but but brings its kind of its own charm to it. Yes. Um, yeah. And you've got your collaborations going. What what's next for Black Raven? Where do you What's coming up next? Well, um, for the Redmond facility, it needs a little bit of a just like facelift as far as uh, rearranging some like the taps towers. There's two separate tap towers that only have ten, and you know we want to combine that um, and add some more taps so we can get some Redmond exclusive kind of. That's going to be branded as more of our barrel house special projects thing because the the brew house itself is still there it's 15 barrel brew house where this is a 30 that we can make yeah way more beer just with the building being taller you know mm-hmm. same footprint um way more beer uh but redmond we now that we're fully back in it from the pandemic that um is going to be our special projects brew house and hopefully get some fun interesting stuff out of there that you can only get at the tap rooms for people like me that are going to travel yeah. everywhere to, to have something. Yeah, yeah. Did you see what released there? We got to go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we got to, yeah, get that one going. It's just tap space and the space of the place balancing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, here, we haven't even finished production of the facility yet <laughs> of, <laughs> of uh, the building because, you know, pandemic hit right after we got it up and going. Right above us here is supposed to be a mezzanine. Um I've been doing more events here. We have a comedy show every month. Uh, we've had a couple car shows. Just at least on my side of things, that's that's where what's next for for us is um, expanding the events and just uh, growing this both locations. I mean, people are just starting to figure out we're here because mm-hmm. again, it opened in 2019, right before <laughs> we closed down. Um, on the sales side, they're just pumping out more and more production, um, keeping up. You know, that's the, <laughs> the big thing. Um, more, more collaborations, more, probably not a ton more beers because we have a lot right now, but not like full of our standards uh, year-round market, at least always more fun stuff. But, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for taking a few minutes to talk with me. For sure. It's great meeting you. Nice to meet you, too. Coming home with some Kitty Cat Blues. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a fiver, a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.